The reading is John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And Jesus again said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. What a phenomenal passage we've just heard. It's John chapter 20. And do have the Bible in front of you. You'll find it really useful to use. In this passage, we find a Jesus who isn't locked out of our lockdown. A Jesus who isn't defeated by our lockdown doubts. And a Jesus who readies us in our lockdown to be sent out. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for coming into our lives. Thank you that you're here with us now by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we pray that you would encourage us today with, in our time with you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we start off looking at how Jesus isn't locked out of our lockdown. And I love this passage. I think we've got a huge amount to learn from it. It comes at a point where Jesus has been crucified on a cross, has died, has been buried, he's been resurrected from the dead, and he's appeared to a few of his disciples. And the situation, though, is still pretty bad for these disciples. They're they're the close followers of Jesus. They're his friends. And so they don't know whether the authorities are now going to turn on them and try to take them down, potentially even crucify them. So in fear of the authorities, they're hiding behind closed doors. And it's in this huddle that Jesus suddenly appears before them. And this is the man, Jesus, who has gone through the most excruciating agony on the cross, the physical, emotional, and spiritual torment. He's suffered on our behalf, on the behalf of his friends, 
for their sins. And you might imagine that a Jesus appearing at this stage would want to play uh, the emotional uh, sympathy card. He might say, listen guys, you think that you've had a tough time? I've just been crucified this week and I was crucified for you. I mean, Jesus could play suffering, suffering uh, top trumps all day with his friends, but rather his focus as he appears isn't on himself, but it's on them. He suffered so that they and we can have peace with God the Father. And so therefore he meets them and he meets us uh, where they are in their state of fear. And he speaks peace over them. The gospel writers don't record Jesus' words, which were meaningless. Um, they record the ones that are important, that are meaningful. And three times in this very short passage, Jesus speaks peace over his disciples, saying, peace be with you. And I wonder whether this is the message that some of us need to hear today. And I know that our lockdown is incomparable to what Jesus' friends went through after his crucifixion. But I've got to admit that there have been times when I have been pretty down over this last while, especially when Boris Johnson first made the announcement of the second lockdown. And it's easy in these circumstances, as we pushed into the depths of sorrow and blackness, to become introspective as we focus on ourselves and push others out. And we might even find ourselves pushing Jesus out of our lives. And we forget how to get Jesus back into our lives. And we end up, in fact, a bit like my wife when she was a little girl up in Scotland who went to the toilet and locked the door and then realized that she couldn't unlock the door again and she was stuck inside and banging on the door calling, Mummy, Daddy, I need some help. But Mummy and Daddy weren't able to help because the key was on the inside. So the fire brigade had to be called in and burly Scottish firemen climbed up a ladder up to the floor that the toilet is on and busted through the window and got inside there. And Jesus was a bit like that fireman to the disciples. He was able to get in even though the door was locked. And we might learn from this that the only one who can keep Jesus out of our lives, out of our lockdown, in fact, is us. He's able to bust in if we're willing to call out for him and have him in the room with us, have him in our lives with us. So let's invite Jesus into our lockdown if we haven't done it already. He wants to confront your fears and he wants to speak peace over you like he did to his friends those 2,000 years ago. Jesus isn't locked out of our lockdown. Secondly, Jesus isn't defeated by our doubts. If you're anything like me, you find that being in lockdown and being down raises doubts in your mind. Doubts about whether your friends really care about you. Doubts about whether you're any good at this job that you're mostly doing from home. Doubts about whether 
you have enough emotional energy for your family. And then these doubts spill over into your faith in Jesus. Did Jesus really answer those prayers that I prayed? Or was it just coincidence? Did Jesus really die on the cross? And was he really raised again? We say, remind me again, where is this evidence for this faith that I have in Jesus? What am I basing my trust on in my faith in Jesus? And I want to say these lockdown doubts are, and doubts when you're down are completely normal. And in fact, Jesus speaks into them. And this is exactly what he did with his friends. So after speaking peace over his friends in verse 19, he immediately shows them his hands and his side. And he isn't doing this to big up the fact that he's just been crucified on a cross. No, rather he wants to give them evidence for their hope that he really is Jesus, their friend, that he really died on the cross and that he has really come back to life. And John, the author of this account of Jesus' life, was there when Jesus hung on the cross. He saw those nails that went into Jesus' hands, and he saw the spear that pierced Jesus' side and resulted in water and blood flowing out, which showed that he truly had died. And wow, John wants to say, this man who's appeared in front of them really is Jesus. They can see his hands and they can see his side. He is the one who has died and he's the one who's come back to life. He's not a ghost and it's not like he didn't die. This really is the Jesus who died and rose again. And this was enough for the disciples' emotional state to change from one of fear to one of being overjoyed, as John tells us in this gospel. But you see, Thomas, one of Jesus' friends, wasn't there when Jesus appeared the first time. And so when the disciples told them that they told him that they had seen the risen Jesus, he doesn't believe. And he says, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And so a week later, Jesus comes again into this locked house and stands in front of his disciples. And his focus seems to be entirely on his friend Thomas. This friend of Jesus had not been forgotten. And Jesus says to him, put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And overflowing with joy, Thomas shouts out, my Lord and my God, because Jesus had provided enough evidence for this man who was skeptical and had doubted him. And John, in fact, tells us that he wrote this whole account of Jesus' life um, so that, uh, he says, uh, those Thomases out there may believe. This is verses 30 and 31. 
John tells us, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these have been written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John, Jesus' friend, wants you to know that there is real evidence for Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection. And when you find yourself doubting in your times of being down during lockdown, you might like to read Jesus' um, account, John's account of Jesus' life, and this evidence that John penned in his gospel. And you might want to read other books. Maybe you want to read uh, Lee Strobel's The Case for Christ. Uh, Lee was a, a Yale graduate and then an investigative journalist, and he reported on lots of the high-profile um, murder cases in the States. And during this time, Lee's wife came to faith in Jesus, and he was absolutely gutted. He was like, oh, no. I can't believe it. My wife's not going to become all boring. And surely there isn't any evidence for uh, Jesus being um, the one who died and rose again. Surely there isn't evidence for that. And so he thought what he'd do is he'd use his skills as an investigative journalist and put them to investigating Jesus and finding out whether his claims were true. And what resulted was his, his uh, interviewing of top um, people, experts around the country, to find out whether this evidence stacked up. And you can read it. It's a fantastic read. It's a fast-paced uh, journalistic piece in the form of a, a good book, uh, which is The Case for Christ, written by Lee Strobel. And like the disciples and Thomas, Jesus wants to confront your lockdown doubts your doubts when you're down, if you will let him. So that's the second thing we find out, that Jesus isn't defeated by our lockdown doubts. And then thirdly, Jesus readies us in lockdown to be sent out. When we heard the news just this week that a vaccine had been produced and we might have 50 million doses uh, coming to us in the UK by Christmas, um, suddenly everyone is so excited, um, you know, life might return to some sort of normality. This is uh, the, the light at the end of the tunnel that we've been waiting for. But then very soon um, I found that people became hesitant about life returning to normal. And I think that's because we're just so used to life as it is now. We're so preconditioned. Uh, we have a strong disposition to the current situation, expecting that whatever's happening now is going to carry on indefinitely. And I just wonder whether uh, the disciples had a very similar thing in that room when they were locked behind the closed door. You know, if you're sitting there in that closed room with your friend Jesus who had just been crucified and your life had been turned on his head and you know you have to hide away from the authorities, how can you think that life would be anything more than what it currently is? But a couple of weeks later, Jesus' friends found themselves proclaiming him boldly 
in the streets of Jerusalem, speaking of him in public uh, at Pentecost. And we might ask, how did they get from that place behind the closed door to that public and bold proclamation of Christ? And I think there's a precursor of, uh, of what happened, which we find in this story. In verses 21 to 23, Jesus says to his scared friends in hiding, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then with that, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. You see, Jesus knows our current state, but he has made us for more than what we are in our current state. And so therefore, he starts equipping us for that more. And he started equipping his disciples behind those closed doors for the more that he was calling them to. And this preparation takes the form of meeting Jesus, of seeing the evidence for his resurrection, um, being commissioned by him, and then receiving the Holy Spirit. So I might ask to us here, have you met with Jesus? Have you researched the evidence for his resurrection? Do you know that he has commissioned you as one of his friends to be sent out for him? And have you received the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't appear to his friends so that they could play it safe for the rest of their lives in fear of the authorities. He came to send them out or to prepare them to be sent out for when the time came. And he too wants us to be ready, us who are his friends, to be ready for sharing the fantastically good news about him. In verses 23, we read, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. And this might sound like we have a huge role to play in other people's eternal destiny. And yes, forgiveness ultimately comes from Jesus. That's what he was doing on the cross. He hung there on the cross so that we might be forgiven. And so he is the one who forgives sins. Uh, he is the one who offers forgiveness. But how will other people know about this offer of forgiveness if we don't tell them about it? It is necessary for us to go. It is necessary for us to speak of him so that others might know him. And so therefore us and us going um, matters immensely during my engagement to Mary Jane, um, I found that I was as happy as Larry, of course. But at the same time, I was aware that my focus that I'd had on Jesus and my relationship with him wasn't going to be quite the same uh, after I married MJ. I would have um, priorities which included her and um, I'd have more time spent with her and therefore less time with me and him. And I started to realize that singleness, therefore, was a real blessing. And I wanted to make the most of my singleness before I get married. And I just wonder whether we need to apply something similar to our lockdown. 
This lockdown isn't going to last forever. And there might be things that you can do during this lockdown that you won't be able to do after it's finished. Time that you have now that you won't have then. And so we might be asking Jesus, Jesus, how can I make the most of this lockdown for you? For my relationship with you, for being prepared, for being sent out, and for speaking of you to those in their lockdown while we all in this together. And so we've looked at how Jesus isn't locked out of our lockdown. We've looked at how Jesus isn't defeated by our lockdown doubts. And we've looked at how Jesus readies us in our lockdown to be sent out. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for sending your Son into the world. Thank you that Jesus died for us and was resurrected. Thank you that Jesus came to meet his friends and spoke peace over them. And we pray for your peace now. Lord, thank you that you aren't locked out of our lockdown. And we pray, Lord, that you would come into our lockdown and join us in this place. We invite you in. And Lord, thank you that you aren't defeated by our lockdown doubts. Thank you for the strong evidence of your death and resurrection. And Lord, we pray that you would give us the strength now to investigate um, that evidence for ourselves. Thank you that you were serious uh, about showing us that evidence. And Lord, thank you that we aren't going to be in this lockdown forever. Thank you that you can ready us during this time to send us out in power by your Holy Spirit to share you. And so during this time, Lord, we pray that we'd make the most of it. And Lord, we pray that as we leave this time of lockdown, that we'd find ourselves going out in boldness with your Holy Spirit, and that you would use this as you use the lockdown uh, of those disciples to create a new Pentecost, where many people come to faith in you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.